everybody happy tonight? Well, how about we see some smiles then? That'd be nice to see. There we go. Wednesday night, is everybody over this hot weather that we've been having? Anybody over it? Anybody ready for changing leaves and brisk? Any? Yeah, Dave and I are on the same page here. We're looking forward to this. Yeah, because it's hunting, right? Yeah. Yep, it's, it's almost time. I'm ready for fall. I'm a fall guy, so this time of year coming up. But anyways, um, it's good to see you tonight. Why don't you tell your neighbor the same thing? Say, it is absolutely, positively wonderful to see you tonight. Let them know. So they didn't know they were welcome here tonight. It's always good, always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Said, I'm glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Anytime you have an opportunity to come together with the body of believers is a good thing. You know, every time, um, every time somebody drives down I-75 and they see cars in our parking lot, it is a witness that there are still people that believe. Amen. Amen. It's, a, it's a witness that in the midst of whatever's going on in, in this world, that there are people who still believe. It's a witness. So we're here not only for the edification of ourselves in the word and the worshiping and unity together, but we're also taking time out as a witness that, that we, will, we will purposely take sacred time, come together in sacred space, and time with the Lord. Amen. That, that's what believers do. So anyways, um, stopping self-destruction. I guess I may be finishing this up tonight. That's news to me. But anyways, um, it's, it may be. Maybe Pastor will finish it next week. We'll see what he does. But then he does have another series coming up that we'll be looking forward to. But stopping self-destruction, been talking about uh, some different uh, topics over the last few weeks about this. I'm going to talk about tonight negativity, the self-destructive nature of negativity. Um, when, when we talk about self-destruction, you kind of you kind of got to take a step back and, and come back forward again. Anything that is anti-life is anti-Christ. You, you understand that? Anything that suppresses, oppresses, or takes away from true life is the spirit of anti-Christ. And when you think of Antichrist, a lot of times we think of end time, the guy that's going to come and all this different stuff. But the spirit that is at work in the world is Antichrist, is anti-life. So anything that we would say self-destructive is rooted in this idea that's Antichrist. It's, it, Jesus has come to give us what? Life to the full, abundant life. Amen? That's not money. Did you know that? It includes the blessings of God, which can result in financial things. But it is the fullness of life that we have because of his work on the cross. That's abundant life. But right before that, the, the, the enemy comes, the thief comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. That is the spirit of Antichrist, where there is a, a direct attack from evil personality, Satan, or just the general working of a messed up world. So there's a lot of self-destructive things out there that, that look to either steal life from you or try to keep you from having abundant life. 
We know it happens in the lives of unbelievers. That's obvious, but it happens as much in believers also. So we need to be aware of the fact that these things are happening. So anti-Christ, anti-life, negativity is one of the things that uh, can cause that to happen. So there's a couple different ways you can think about negativity. One of them is just people that just have a negative attitude. You ever been around somebody like that? It's just everything is just negative. It's just their attitude of life. I'm not going to talk about that part of negativity. And and if that is you, by the way, I would just encourage you to really focus on a fruit of the spirit called joy. All right? And and maybe maybe that'll start to change around in you. And and something I learned um, is something that I learned in working with teenagers for 20 years. I was a youth pastor. A few years in Pennsylvania, a lot of years here is that when you work with young people, it's easy to focus on the negative. Very easy. But what you got to do is you got to look, push, ah, there's good, and you start, you start to pull. And you teach them how to. But you have to do that with life, too. And if you don't do that with life, you're going to have a negative attitude about a lot of stuff. Watch the news. Oh my gosh! You know, just it's just negative. You know, watch what's going on in in our society. Oh, it's just negative. There's so much sin. You know that God is at work in this world right now. And if you look hard enough, you can see the good that's happening. And I, and I know I've, I've said this before to you. It is so easy to focus on the mess that you miss the miracles that are happening. You've got to see, and, and that, what's that called, man, joy, because, man, good, I see good, it brings joy out, and it, it allows me then to be the rest of the fruit of the Spirit, kind, gentle, and so forth. See what I mean? So, but I want to talk about the attitude of negativity. I want to talk about negativity in the sense of things that have happened to us that cause us to have negativity in our lives. We've all been formed by something, right? Everybody that has lived life has had teachers that have formed us and shaped us in some manner. You are who you are today because of the formation that has happened to you. We're formed by parents. We're formed by siblings. We're formed by our peers. We're formed by society itself. We're formed by actual teachers, school, and pastors and teachers in the church. Um, we're formed by a lot of different things. These teachers, they, they've molded us, they've shaped us, they've directed us. They've said things to us. They've done things to us. Some of these things we've allowed, some of them we didn't have a choice. Some we had no idea what was happening but we're molded in a lot of different ways. Unfortunately, some of us have been shaped by different moments of direct negativity. Or things have happened to us that caused negativity to have a habitation in your life. It's self-destructive. And you may not even... You didn't do it to yourself, but because negativity resides, it is self-destructive, if you know what I mean. 
Um, maybe it was something somebody said to you one time. Maybe it was something that somebody was saying to you a lot over the years. Maybe it was something that happened to you one time. Maybe something that happened to you a lot over the years. It could be failure. You tried this, expected this, wanted this certain outcome, it didn't happen. These kind of things, if we, if we allow them to, to take root and stay, will cause a certain self-destruction that, that begins to put limits on your life. And what, what happens is essentially, negativity has the ability to create something that is not true, and then we live within that. It has the ability to create something that is not true, then we live within that box. So it, it, it's just a simple example. Somebody could have said to David when he was in seventh grade, man, you're ugly. And David could have received that. And it, and it could have caused that negativity to, to live in his brain. That his outlook is, I am ugly. But it is not true. That negativity caused him to live within a framework that is not true. That's self-destructive. It limits David in some manner. Or David could have tried a business venture and he failed. And now all of a sudden he has this idea of himself, I am a failure. He allowed failure to define him. That is not true. David is not a failure. He failed in this thing, but he, he is not a failure. It is not true, but yet it, it can be a box that we live in that's self-destructive because it limits. These kind of things, we, we cannot allow them to define who we are. Now, it, it can be easy, it can be easy Sometimes to say, well, just suck it up, buttercup, and let's just get over it and get on, you know? And, you know, without being unsensitive, that can be true in some instances. But in reality, there may be a lot of us here that we have deep-rooted things in our lives, hurts, pains, that cause negativity that you just can't say, well, just suck it up, buttercup, and get over it. For an example would be somebody that's been through abuse. The negativity that they live in in a box towards themselves because of something that they did not do, they did not deserve, but something somebody did to them, you just can't look at them and say, well, just suck it up, buttercup, and get over it. You, you see what I'm saying? And it will be self-destructive to who they are because it puts something around them that is anti-Christ because it's anti-life. You, you guys get where I'm going with this. So negativity has the ability, if left unchecked, to steal hope, to steal purpose, dreams, to alter personalities, 
to cause you to see yourself as less, especially in comparison with other people. It simply just steals life. We've got to come to this place where we start to, to see these things. Sometimes they're so ingrained in who we are that, that we get so used to it, we don't really see it. You know what I mean? We've got to come to a place where we identify these things and say, this will not define me anymore. I am not ugly. I am not a failure. I am not less. We cannot allow it to steal the things that it has no right to steal. See, in, in its ability to destroy you, it, it is the entire opposite is what we were saying earlier of abundant life. Do you realize, you need to think about this this way, do you realize in the midst of this fallen, messed up world that God is doing his work in right now, you are supposed to flourish with life. You know that. And, and it doesn't mean your life's perfect. Doesn't mean there's not ups and downs. Doesn't mean there's not hard times. It doesn't mean you won't fail. Doesn't mean you won't mess up and need forgiveness at times. But you are called to flourish. Not, not just make it. But you're called to flourish in this life. That's what Jesus called us to. His work on the cross is lifting us out of this miry mess of a pit to a flourishing life that is prophetic of the kingdom to come. Let me ask you a question. In the kingdom to come, is there ugliness? Is there failure? Is there somebody that is better than another? No. The flourishing of life to happen now. And we see this in fits and starts. It, 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 it comes and, and it's, we see glimpses and we grab hold and we pull. And it's like seeing those and pulling those things. And we see things in the word and we, this is what I can have. At some point what you have to do is you have to be able to look at yourself in an honest way with the help of the Holy Spirit. And say, of the teachers that have formed me in my life, how many of them were incorrect? And be honest. How many of them formed me in a negative way and it's not right? But what do we measure it up against? Who is God? What does his word say? What has his word to me, Ben. We measure it against. It's, it's just, it's obvious. In some things, you are, you're ugly. Somebody said that. That teacher was wrong according to who? God, his word, and what God says about me. 
what he's spoken directly to me. We've got to start measuring up against and start getting real honest and start dealing with these, these things because, again, it is self-destructive according to the things that we could be doing in life. But here's the good news. We'll get into the word in just a second here. Here's the good news. Jesus is always good news. Tell your neighbor Jesus is good news. He's he's the best news we got. He's the best news we got. Let me ask you a question. I'll just say this, a little side thing. You know, we we come together, body believers. We're we're righteous, but we're still kind of messed up. We're we're getting there, right? We're, We're... you may have a problem with the person sitting next to you across the aisle or somebody in the back, right? Shouldn't work it out, but sometimes we do. But why do we still come together? Because we got Jesus. And this is a place we get to talk about him and worship him, spend time in unity together with him. The, the good news is here. And then we take the good news with us out there. So no matter what problem you got with anything going on right here, we always come together because this is one of the best ways we get to have Jesus together. Amen? So Jesus is good news. And, and what's so wonderful about this, there is a life with Jesus. And I think about it this way. I know this is going to be corny to some of you, and, and this is not, this is just my way of thinking about things. I, I, I see the journey with Jesus almost as a dance with God. That he's leading, and I don't, I don't dance. One time, Margaret and I talked about doing some dance lessons where you'd learn to, tr- yeah, it would have been funny. We didn't do it. It would have been, been probably comical. But, but it's almost like God has to lead in this dance of life. And I'm following his step. And I'm, listen to me, I'm not a flowery guy. So me thinking about it this way, it's, it's just very out of the norm for me. But it, that's the way I think about life with God that he's leading me in this wonderful dance he's taking me somewhere. And he's leading the way. And there is this life with Jesus that can deal with this kind of stuff if we let him. See, the, the Holy Spirit is a master at getting a hold of this deep-rooted stuff And in his way, in the only way that he can only do it, and work it out. And where there was this anti-Christ, anti-life thing festering, make abundant life right there. He's a master at it. It's called new creation. And there there is nothing that he can't make new again. That's the wonderful good news of Jesus. There is nothing too far gone. There is nothing embedded too deep. There is nothing that has been too tragic that he can't do what only God can do. Amen. Amen? That's what we look for. Not always easy, by the way. Sometimes it is, you know, get over it, buttercup. You know, sometimes it's, it's that easy. Sometimes it's not. But, but where, where there is brokenness, there's always the ability of light to get there. If we allow it. 
I'm, I'm going to go to some well-worn passages of Scripture. Where would my help go? Can you go see, Margaret, can you see if Rob can get victory for me? I just took her out to the nursery. Maybe change the diaper, but I need victory if possible. We'll introduce you to victory in a second. Um, here, here's some well-worn passages of Scripture. Psalm 139. Once I get into this thing, you're all going to know this. Psalm 139. This would be the go-to scripture about what I'm talking about tonight. Psalm of David. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my sitting, down sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path with, with lying down and, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me before, behind and before and, and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up to heaven, thou art there. If I, if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say the darkness shall cover me, yea, the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, the darkness and light are both alike to thee. For thou possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, in that my soul knoweth right well. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The marvelous work of God. Well, David, you're ugly. No, 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 no. God said you are fearfully, wonderfully made. A marvelous work. Well, David, you're a failure. No, you are fearfully, wonderfully made. A marvelous work. Well, David, you're less than somebody else. No, no, no. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. Marvelous work of God. This is what God said. Those other things are what negativity said. Who are you going to believe? What teacher are you going to follow? What are you going to allow to form your life and shape you and shape your thoughts? And being a youth pastor, by the way, for 20 years, we dealt with self-image all the time. Are you going to believe what God said about you? Or are you going to believe what a society has said or a person has said or, or, or what a person has done? 
See, we got victory. Bring victory up here. This is victory. I'm going to, this might be dangerous. How old is victory? Three months. I didn't even hold my kids when they were this little. I promise you. Victory. This is fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no ugliness, no failure, nothing less, nothing wrong, nothing not good enough. Now, but come here a second while I'm holding victory. Stand right beside me. I'm just going to say Bud's probably in his mid-60s. I'll leave it with what you said. So you've had a lot of experience of life as opposed to victory. Yes. Ups and downs. Ups and downs. Good times. Yep. Bad times. Yep. You've experienced life. Yep. I have. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Yes. Not not ugly. Amen. Not a failure. Not less. Nothing bad. See, see, three months old versus 70 years of experience, it's the same. Yes. You see? If we believe what God has said. That's right. Just ask. Amen? Amen. Okay, cool. Thank you. There we go. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Whew. All right. That was good. Give that up. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm past those days. Anyways. Psalm 103. Time do I got? Psalm 103. Let's go to another one. This is one of my prayer scriptures. I pray this scripture so much. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget. Not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth, in other words, there's desires, with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. That's me too. That's you too. Forgiving my sins healing my diseases, redeeming my life from the pit, crowning me with love and compassion, satisfying my desires with good things, so that my youth, I'm getting old, is going to be renewed like the eagles, wearing glasses, yeah, amen. That's you. Why are you that? Because of who God is. Condemnation. You're no good because you're a sinner. That's a box. God says you're forgiven. You're never going to rise above the mess you've made in your life. No, God says your life has been redeemed from the pit. You've got to get out of that guilty box, the negative box. Man, there's just a lot. I mean, we can go on for hours. Psalm 23, you all know this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside quiet waters, restores my soul, leaves me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. For even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, our fear, no evil, no fear in my life. That's negative. I don't need a fear. Even, even what I would think is the most fearful moment of time in my life, I don't need a fear. Why? Who is God? Who does that make me become then? I fear no evil for you with me. You rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the worst moment of your life, God's making a feast for you. That's who you are. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me. I get two people, goodness and love, just follow me all the days of my life, wherever I go. You're not good enough. Goodness is with me. You're not love. Love is with me. Negative. Nobody loves you. The love of the Lord is always with me. Amen. Amen. You're not good enough. The goodness of life will never be in you. The goodness of the Lord follows me. Got to get rid of this negativity. Romans 8. We'll go there. Romans 8, 37. You realize that there's a lot of verses. We're just hitting a couple. Romans 8, 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You're not going to succeed. You've failed too many times. You're not going to make it. Negativity. God just says we're a conqueror. And why are we a conqueror? Well, let's just see what Jesus says about us here. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Philippians chapter 4. One more. Then we'll go on. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 7. And the peace of God... Negativity in your life that you can't find peace. You're worried, anxious, stressful. Life is just weighing you down too much. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Why? Because right before that, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's your request be made known to God. I can be who I am because of who God is. Now, let's just say a couple things real quick. First off, this is not positive thinking with positive confession. This is a full understanding of who God is and a full understanding of who I am because of who he is. It, it, is, it is simply, uh, by the way, not, not a, uh, an arrogant confidence, but a humility that is found in the fact that I am fearfully, wonderfully made by the creator God. That I know who God is, I'm discovering who God is, I know what he has said about me, and I live from that. Not positive thinking. It's the assurance of God. 
And from that, then it changes my thinking. It changes what I say. It changes what I do. But it's not just positive thinking and positive confession just to do it. Does that make sense? So, so, so um, let's just put it this way. Um, I can sing, but I can't sing. How many relate? Okay, I can sing, but I so so I could I could just sit around all day saying I'm a great singer, I'm a great singer, I'm a, I'm positive confession, confession positive thinking, great singer, great singer, great singer, I'm a great singer, I'm a great singer. Is it going to change anything? No. That's not who I am in Him. But when I know who I am in Him, and I know what He has spoken to me, then I stand on those things, speak forth act forth and do it with confidence. And, and the other thing, by the way, is, is that it's not that it's not that we never receive anything negative. There are some negative things about you that need to change. It's called correction, admonishment. The Bible says that the Lord disciplines the one that he loves. As a matter of fact, uh, at the end of Psalm 139, the fearfully and wonderfully made, it talks about, uh, David writes, so search me, this is Search me, know me, find any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So David acknowledges, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made at the very end, but you need to keep leading me because I'm not all there yet as far as the righteous way you want me to live based on what you're doing in my life. So so we can't just disregard everything that, that, that comes that somebody says, you need to change this. But it doesn't mean you receive it from everybody either. I'll give you an example. And I shared this, we, we did a leadership uh, training maybe a month ago, I shared this story. The church that I was in before, before I came here, there was a pastoral change about a year and a half into my employment there. And the, the guy that took, and there, there's a bigger story going on here, but there were some things happening to him that caused him to act towards other people in a way that just wasn't proper. And I don't think he really understood what was going on. It was just he was just being really weighed down, okay? So I was a youth pastor. He called me in his office. He said, have a seat. Sat down. He goes, I want to take a few moments to tell you everything I don't like about you. That is verbatim what he said. Now, I'm not above constructive criticism. I'm not. So, I'm, okay, sure. And he starts, and after he gets through number two, he says, well, aren't you going to write this stuff down? I'll go get a pad of paper, I'll be right back. So I went and got a notepad and a pen and he just started down all the things that he didn't like about me. And when he got to number 10, he said, I'll stop there. We'll talk later about the other stuff. Verbatim what he said to me. Now, and when he was done, by the way, I just kind of like and he goes, aren't you going to say anything? And my own response, "I'll, I'll try. So I said, now, I could have allowed a moment to define me. Now, were some of those things on that list true? Oh, yeah. No, no question about it. There were a couple of things, yeah, but, but some of it I was just like, wow, buddy. <laughs> Whoa, that's just it's pretty harsh. You don't always receive everything, right? But you have people that you should receive from. Amen. Mentors, pastors, so forth. You receive from the Word. You receive from the leading of the Holy Spirit. So, so when things are brought to you that are correctable things, you must learn to change. 
But that's different from what I'm talking about with just the boxes of negativity that you live in that, that stop the intentions of God in your life as far as what life is. Amen? So who are you going to believe? Can you imagine if God was sitting here and, and the person that in seventh grade that called me ugly was sitting here? And I had to start explaining, what well, God, I actually believe this person over you. And just tried to explain to him why. I, listen, I, I know what you said. I know who you are. But I don't know why. I just, I just went with this instead. Now, would, would God be angry? I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not going to try to tell you I think I know how God's emotions work. Sad? I would think sad. Now, now, of course, remember when he told Moses to get the people out of Egypt and Moses gave all these excuses why he couldn't do it, and then the Bible says the anger of the Lord burned against him. Well, well we give room for God to be like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm telling you, Moses, right now, that you're going to do this. Well, I can't speak right. I stutter. I just... Moses had a complex of negativity about himself that God needed to break for him to do what he did. Remember when, when God called Gideon in the threshing floor to be a deliverer? Gideon's like, who am I? I'm, I'm of the least of this whole, the whole my clan's the least of, of all these people. He had a break inferiority complex in Gideon. Negativity. Right? Peter, imagine being the guy that denied Christ three times. <laughs> Jesus had to deal with failure. Peter, do you love me? No, really, Peter, do you love me more than me? No, seriously, Peter, do you love me? He had to deal with it. He had to break it. For Peter couldn't be the rock on which the church began to be built. It would have hindered him. See, these, these things of negativity have got to be broken in order for us to become what God wants us to be. You are God's design. In you is his purpose. You have what it takes. You believe that? I mean, do you really believe that? But do you believe it enough to start to deal with the stuff that's in, in, in you that needs dealt with? Are you willing to face it? Are you willing to, to say no? When that thought is still in your brain from that chucklehead in seventh grade that calls you ugly, are you really finally willing to say no? No. I am fearfully and wonderfully made no. Or, or when you failed in that business, but you really feel you're supposed to have one, and when you start to make plans and that, that fear comes up of failure, are you willing to say no? No, 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 no. God is with me. He gave me this dream. I have what it takes. Are you willing to spend enough time with the Holy Spirit 
that he can work on those things that aren't just get over it, buttercup, you know, just get up and get on. Are, are you willing to, to, to put the time in with him and allow him to deal with you, which means you first have to forgive those that hurt you. He, he can't heal you till you forgive those people that did those things. You know that. Sometimes, sometimes the, the, the things that we're boxed in by are held together by our bitterness and unforgiveness. Are you willing to forgive? Then let the Holy Spirit do his surgical work over time. These are, these are things that see, you have to play a part in with, with God in this stuff. Yes, God didn't make you ugly. He doesn't want you to think that way, but how are you going to partner with him to deal with that box? I hate to say this, but sometimes our self-pity is a place we like to live. Let's just be honest. Sometimes we've got to start getting out of those places that have become comfortable, even though they're so bad for us, but they're comfortable. God, do something. So, so you've got to start to change your input. Maybe there's people around you that are negative. You've got to have a conversation with them. And if not, if there's not a willingness to understand what they're doing, you've got to cut the cord. You've got to change some input. You've got to change and start to deal with the thoughts. We take hold of vain imagination. Well, how do we do that? With the Holy Spirit, with prayer, with coming back with Scripture. Those thoughts come, you're ugly. No, 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 no. The Word says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And we start to fight. That's how you win those things, Right? You've got to start changing the, the input. You've got to start um, getting the proper input. Well, what is that? <laughs> Hello. You've got to start spending some time praying and being with, with the Holy Spirit. Right? You've got to get around people that speak life to you. Be an encourage yourself, by the way. Be, be one yourself. Be one yourself. And don't be afraid when you need encouraged to go say, I need encouraged. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Amen? So, so get new input into your life. And filter out what you can't control. Back to no. No, no, no. But this is what I know because of who God is and what he made me to be. Amen? So my desire is that negativity doesn't rule certain parts of your life and stop the intention of God of abundant and full life in those areas. So you got to have an honest moment sometimes with a mirror and just really be honest with the Holy Spirit about what's going on there. 
Let him start to speak to you, lead you. He'll show you what to do. That's what he does. He's our counselor, right? He'll help us. And I believe, again, that the goodness of God, of new creation, in time, even the deepest things, he will, he will unhurt your hurt. Amen. He will unhurt your hurt. The scar may still be there, but he will unhurt your hurt. And the goodness of God will overtake what the enemy had desired for you. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, Lord, I thank you. I thank you so much that you are good. I pray, Lord, for, for those of us tonight that deal with, with just, just boxes of negativity in our lives, Lord, that in the power of the Holy Spirit, that you begin to heal us, you begin to change us, that new creation rises up within us, that we are no longer limited by these things, but the abundant life, hope, purpose, dreams, the things that you intend can absolutely flourish within us. And, of course, that turns into our witness to this world. So we thank you for your power. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your love and your mercy. We thank you. So Lord, in that, we just pray that you now lead us in the way everlasting. And in your name, in your power, we pray. Amen. This is how I close. The altar team, they're always down here after service. If you have something that you said, you know what, I really would like somebody to pray with me about tonight. These guys are going to be down here and the gals will be down here. They will spend some time with you and join in faith with you. And we'll start this process tonight of what God needs to do in your life. Amen? Amen. Well, thank you for coming.